There's nothing less sexually oriented than baseball, all right? I used to like baseball. It's totally boring, takes way too long. I know they changed the rules. It still stinks. The players get paid way too much. If you like it, fine. I want nothing to do with it anymore. And even less, since they have LGBTQ night at Dodger Stadium and ballparks all over the place, right? The rainbow flag, bring out the rainbow flag. There's nothing gay about baseball. There's nothing straight about baseball. It's, there's plenty that's boring about baseball, okay? Everybody, welcome to Put Me in Coach, a baseball podcast for baseball fans, hosted by baseball fans, and I'm one of those baseball fans, Matt Coggins. And I am the other baseball fan. I'm Carl Mizell. Hello, fellow baseball fan. How are you? I am fantastic, my other fellow baseball fan. And we've got a third baseball fan on the podcast for the very first time in Put Me in Coach history. I would not call me a baseball fan, uh, but I know about baseball, and I'm Katie Mizell. I'm Carl's wife. (laughs) (laughs) I believe Carl called this this, uh, session, I'm bringing Borat voice, my wife. I did. (laughs) And I was supposed to tell you not to say that because she said she'd divorce me if if either one of us used the voice. It's okay. You get a pass. Yeah, you get a pass because you're not I wasn't warned. Yeah, Yeah, you were not warned. So, no, you're fine. (laughs) I did. I I did uh, decide to bring her on because you were a a guest of the podcast that she and I have together, which is called Cheap Smut. And why don't, since you're the, do the heavy lifting on that, why don't you explain to the listeners what the the premise of that podcast is? Oh, sure. So I read a smutty book every week, uh, a a pornographic romance novel, if you will. And then I describe the plot to my husband in detail and he reacts in real time. It's hilarious but also super fun I, a, I just enjoy doing it because i like reading them yeah it's a i mean you're gonna read them anyway it's basically you just doing what we would normally do but with microphones on and we had an episode uh where matt came over and we read uh the pitcher's assistant by jessa kane with some of the most bug fuck insane <laughs> interpretations <laughs> of what baseball is yes um, and so, romance for that matter but that was kind of a given <laughs> Yeah, none of it. It was all toxic and all wrong. Yeah. Uh, so if you ever want to, if you want to go check that out, uh, that that particular episode is available. We're on all the the big podcasting platforms. Uh, that was a fun one. Go check that out. And, but uh, so we wanted kind of kind of wanted to flip the script a little bit today and have you on. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about baseball to you, and mm-hmm. you're going to react in real time. And yeah. we're also we're going to kind of gauge your baseball knowledge. Yes. Yes, you are. This was my idea. Uh, that you guys could just quiz me on baseball stuff and see how much I actually know. I have been with Carl for 15 years, and Carl has been obsessed with baseball the entire time I've known him. So I've <laughs> sort of absorbed some of it like via osmosis, and he has told me some stuff, but I don't retain that information very well because my brain goes through the files at the end of the day, and it's like, just chuck chuck the sports. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Get rid of them. Do a defrag every night. Yeah. We need more room for recipes. So. (laughs) So, yeah. So, but before we get to that, I assume we've got baseball news. We do indeed. 
right off the bat, pun intended, I wanted to plug my beer of the week. Yay! Which is a little thing I'm going to try to do on the podcast every once in a while when I can get to the beer store. Uh, beers for the next month, I suppose, are uh, brought to you by Craft and Carry in the Upper West Side. Craft and Carry, they had craft beer, and I <laughs> carried it out. <laughs> uh, so this one is called Endless Weekend from Beer Tree Brew, which is out of Johnson City, New York. It is a Belgian-style wit beer, and uh, I thought it was very appropriate for uh, a long holiday weekend, which did indeed feel quite long and uh, wish it didn't have to end. And now it doesn't with Endless Weekend. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a little hoppier than your average Belgian-style wit beer, but uh, I don't mind it. It's really, really crisp and good. Endless Weekend. You keep drinking it, and the weekend never ends. Um. So in baseball news this week we, we're gonna start off with some appropriately timed uh pride month news because when you're hearing this it's uh may 31st tomorrow june 1st is the first day of pride month and we here are uh an allied uh a group of folks who always support our uh queer friends and uh the dodgers not so much <laughs> or sort of I, I'll, <laughs> we can't yeah. can't figure it out so the Dodgers ignited some controversy by inviting, then uninviting, then reinviting this group called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to their Pride Night. And this organization uses drag and religious imagery, namely dressing as Catholic nuns, to satirize issues of sex, gender, and morality. Um, in response, the Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw announced a Christian faith event with the team. And a bunch of other conservative players from around the league have kind of weighed in with their own little, oh, I want anybody to think of us poor Catholics. <laughs> um, Trevor Williams of the uh, uh, Nationals was amongst those voices that said that in particular. He's like, oh, it's just unfair to Catholic people. This is very offensive to them. It's like, dressing like a nun? Like, did you have a problem with um, MASH when, uh, what was that character's name that would always dress in drag? Any MASH fan, MASH heads Ra it on was, this uh, It was uh, the character played by the actor Jamie Farr. His name was Radar. That Oh, no, Radar was Oh, Radar. no, yeah, that's right. That was the other guy. No, uh, God, but it was Jamie Farr. You're right. Jamie Farr, who played Klinger. Klinger, yes. Uh, good times. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I, I would like to point out something uh, real quick about the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They have been around for almost 45 years they are a an amazing organization. They were some of the first people to come out and openly uh, champion, you know, like AIDS research and 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 reaching out to those in the community, specifically in San Francisco in the Castro District, where, you know, sort of it, I, I don't want to use the term ground zero, but it was you know it was a place that was heavily impacted by the first wave of the AIDS crisis. These are not just people out here doing drag. They are doing amazing, amazing work. And for the Los Angeles Dodgers to get, you know, basically hoodwinked by a letter that was, I think, pen penned by Marco Rubio. Marco fucking Rubio. Fuck you. From Florida, Mar I might. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, it was just a whole bunch of horse hockey, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm glad that they're coming back. And, and, and to, to Clayton Kershaw's credit, he has always been, if you've been paying attention, very open about his uh, his religion, how important it is to him and his faith. I've got no problem with that. Uh, what I really have a problem with is uh, the Dodgers doing this to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Yeah, and I, I don't really think 
Kershaw did anything wrong. I think the timing of it just stinks of like... Yes. I don't know. It's one thing to be religiously inclusive. It's another thing to be like, well, in spite of these gay people, I want to do my thing. It just, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. I, I think uh, Williams' statement was far more rough. But even then, it's like, you know, at least they're not the hockey players that are like, fuck the gay people. I'm not wearing pride stuff. Deal yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. There was also a Blue Jays pitcher named Anthony Bass who he made news, or at least he went viral recently because he, he had this post about like uh, all these airline workers forced my pregnant wife to clean up the mess that my kids left. It's like, yeah, and? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mention that to you, but I thought you'd have a, a thought on that. He he His kids had like just made an entire mess of the entire row of an airplane oh. and he was trying to gripe and be like, can you believe they asked me to do the what thing? What are we that they paying always... all these airline workers for? Yeah. You know how at the beginning of every flight they tell you to clean up the area around you or at the end of every flight? Mm -hmm. That's all they did. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've been on many flights in my life and every single time they walk through like six times with trash bags and are like, hey, throw your shit away. Yeah. There are people who come in and they do like a quick vacuum and wipe down, but they are paid minimum wage to clean the plane enough to get the next people on it so yeah, yeah right. clean your shit up yeah so i think I we mean, all agree it sucks to be pregnant on an airplane and it sucks to be pregnant on an airplane with kids and and kids are destructive by nature but clean your shit up yeah. so we fuck anthony bass fuck anthony yeah. Bass. Fuck oh anthony. i even okay. brought him up because he had some twitter or instagram posts that was like yeah sharing propaganda that was like the biblical reasons to boycott target we don't have to get into that no we don't bucket of worms but <laughs> no that's fine because there aren't any so we don't even have to discuss it <laughs> Amen. Let's, let's move on to happier funnier baseball news let's talk about the oakland days uh they've lost 42 games or yeah so yeah far. already i don't know <laughs> out of 50 i think it's they're 10 and 42 i forget when i wrote this down to be honest uh could have lost more since then uh, the most by any team prior to June 1st in MLB history. Uh, so the 2003 Tigers hold the worst ever record for 162-game season. Uh, that's at 43 and 119. The A's are on track to finish 30 and 132. That's <laughs> so not, not just extort. That blows the Tigers out of the water by 13 games. Um, then I'm reading news now that like the stadium is so quiet because no one's going to these games for good reason. Uh, the pitchers have to turn down their pitch comm devices so that the hitters can't hear them. Oh That's my God. Quiet. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so sad. Yeah. So, uh, it, it now in order to sort of like fight off, uh, sign, sign stealing and cheating, they wear these devices where they can push buttons to call pitches mm -hmm. and it just says it in there. They have a little speaker like in their hat. And so that's what he's referring to. I didn't oh, know if you knew what that was. I yeah. Didn't. No, that's yeah. that's fancy. So, but that's how quiet it is in the stadium is that only 60 feet away, uh, <laughs> you can hear it. And, uh, God damn. And, and, and the athletics are as of right now 11 and 45. Are these the ones who want to move to, to, to Vegas? Vegas? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Slash are moving, maybe, possibly. The, Might not I, happen. I won't believe it until the, the, till they throw out the first pitch. Yeah. Um, so that's sad. <laughs> <laughs> in related news, baseball or MLB has told the Milwaukee Brewers that they have to repair the American Family Field in order to keep it MLB quality. Uh, no ultimatum was given. No real details were given either about what exactly is wrong with it. Um, but the league did pointedly reference the A's move to Vegas during the discussion. So it's as if to say, hey, if you don't fix this shit up, we're going to make you move. I don't know. Weird yeah. situation. And it wouldn't. 
It wouldn't be the first time that this came up. Bud Selig has, in the past, toyed with the idea of moving the Brewers. It's it's not unheard of, um, and he obviously is the former commissioner. He's no longer the commissioner, but his right-hand man for many years when he was the commissioner was Rob Manfred. So... Yeah, so there you go. But uh, I, I was just at, uh, I was just there last year. It's gorgeous. I don't know what they could like. You mentioned in our Discord, like what? What about Fenway? What about Wrigley? What about Dodger Stadium? You know, exactly. those are the three oldest stadiums. How could they be in any better shape than this stadium? The only thing I was reading, I guess, is that the roof is a little rusty and leaky. But yeah, uh, okay, okay. I mean, leave it open all the time. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which would you rather have, a torrential downpour, or maybe the center fielder gets a f- funny stain on his hat because it dripped on it? Yeah. Um, Yankees manager Aaron Boone has been ejected for the 30th time in his career over the weekend, the most ejections since he took the job in 2018 out of the whole league. Uh, this week alone, he was ex- suspended for a game because of his behavior against umpires, and uh, after that, uh, due to that suspension, or I guess as a consequence of that suspension, he'd been ejected three times in ten games. <laughs> this dude loves to get ejected. I wish I could do that at work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be here. Just get yelled at somebody. I get to go home early for today and suffer very little consequence for my action. Would you right. call the umpires the co-workers of the managers? Like, what is their relationship? Because they don't technically work for the same organization. They're just kind of there together. They are enemies with benefits. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'd love to yell at my enemies with benefits uh, and get out of work for the day. I'm sure he doesn't see it like that, but what a, what a weird dude. Uh, in other manager news, uh, the Twins coach Rocco Baldelli is expecting twins. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, no, MVP, <laughs> he was one of my, whenever I played a franchise in MVP Baseball 2005, he was one of the first people I went and traded for, because back then he was like a legit, like him and Carl Crawford were legit prospects, and he had some wicked speed, and would always turn into like a, a max power contact guy with max speed, so shout out Rocco Baldelli, congratulations on your twins. I read too that uh, Joe Maurer, back when he was a twin, uh, had, and he was a uh Twin Cities native, from what I understand, and he also has twins. So it's just something about playing for that team, I guess. Look, look for uh, Carlos Correa to have some twins while he's been diagnosed with plantar fasciitis. Fasciitis. Yeah, plantar fasciitis. It hurts Um, like a bitch. I have it. It sucks. (laughs) I am to understand this is not the same injury that caused the Mets and Giants to pull out of giving him a deal. Completely different thing, which is crazy. Well, I I was just thinking that because I was looking at it. I was like, okay, plantar fasciitis and muscle strain in the left foot. I can't remember which of his ankles is supposed to be the bad one. <laughs> I don't but, know. But neither of those things are an ankle. So. No, but it's very close to the ankle, and it could be potentially a compensatory injury is what I'm saying. That's all. But no, no. Really? That makes sense. Yeah, that's all I'm okay. saying. Also, fuck Carlos Correa. I don't know. Yeah, fuck him. You know, fuck you, Carlos Correa. I just never liked him. I just never liked him. Yeah, um, I would have liked him more if he played for one of my teams, but he doesn't, so fuck him. Uh, <laughs> he rejected both <laughs> your teams. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of guys that do play for one of my teams, Pete Alonso, we love him. He's leading the league in uh, home runs right now. He's on pace to hit 60 this year, which is fantastic. Uh, would be the first NL player since Bonds to hit that many home runs. Um, he told a story this week about how he had uh, gone up in a game against uh, Hunter Green in the Reds and decided, I'm going to swing at the first pitch. Because he had to poop. <laughs> he made contact. 
and hit a home run. Yeah. And so he had to do the trot all around the bases. And the man yeah. can, ve- if you see the video, he very, very clearly had to poop because he's just kind of shuffling, shuffling, yeah. goes Pinching straight across home plate, straight into the dugout, down the tunnel to the Doesn't bathroom. celebrate, just keeps going, doesn't take his helmet off. Funnily enough, if I had to stand in the batter's box against Hunter Green, I would shit my pants <laughs> because the dude throws 102 miles an hour. So yeah. I'm surprised he didn't do that because I know I would. <laughs> I'd be like, Coach, I, I can't. Pinch hit. Ah, oh, my back. <laughs> I mean, would you say, hey, I got to poop. Like, what is, the, what is the, as somebody that's played before, what is the, the protocol when you have to poop in the middle of the game? Like, you don't have a lot of time. Uh, you just hope that it happens at a time where, you, like, maybe you just made an out. Um, there have been times where I've been out in the field and uh, we're just getting mollywopped and, like, they're scoring seven runs. And I'm like, oh, great. Uh, not the same thing, but one time I was catching and I was behind the plate and the, uh, the opposing team scored 12 runs and I was staring into the setting sun. And when I took my mask off, I had tan lines in my face of the catcher's mask. (laughs) So that's the kind of thing that can happen. But to answer your question, you just, you, you squeeze and and hope you don't have to run too far. (laughs) Uh, Carl, you added a, an esoteric stat that I'd love for you to finish off the news segment with. Oh, I, nothing would give me greater pleasure. So... Uh, Quadzilla, Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves, uh, became the first pitcher in 130 years to strike out 100 or more batters in 61 innings of work. He is just off to one of the most phenomenal starts uh, of a career that a pitcher could possibly have. Uh, Prior to his most recent start this past Sunday, he had 262 strikeouts in his first 30 starts, making him only the fourth pitcher to ever accomplish the feat. And the first three to do it were Dwight Gooden, Kerry Wood, and Hideo Nomo. So I hope that that doesn't bode poorly for for Mr. Strider because those three guys, their careers derailed pretty quickly. True. But they were also very good. Oh, they were also very good. When, in, in, when they were good. When they were good. But in but Hideo Nomo, I think that the league just caught up to him. Kerry Wood had injuries and Dwight Gooden had a drug problem. Um, yeah. So, you know. Not not great, but uh, otherwise he's the only uh, the only thing I like about the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, fuck them. But good for yeah. you, Mister Strider. Exactly. All right. Well, let's move on to our uh, our big segment of the week. Let's let's quiz your wife. <laughs> Wait, there's a better oh. one. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. <laughs> that one is good. I agree. Okay, so I have cribbed together a list, and you have the list in front of you as well. If you want to, if you have access to the Discord, I don't want to yeah. hog the entire segment here. Um, and I was, and I, I didn't put them in any discernible order, but I was, I was hoping maybe we could scale it, you know, like up in difficulty. Um, and I actually did sort of give away one of the answers to one of the questions, but I don't think she caught it. Um, I didn't. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I didn't. Uh, so we're just going to kind of, I mean, you listen to the podcast. You are a regular listener of the I show. I am. I listen every week. And not just because you love me. Uh, no. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> it's the sound effects. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's that, uh, that hawk screech. It's my favorite. Yes. That is not an eagle not for an anyone eagle. who thinks it is. Eagles do not sound majestic or glorious. They sound goofy as fuck. It's true. Uh, it, 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 she does love the sound effects. because I, I remember uh, our son said something funny the other day, and you just went, DJ Horn, boing, Price is Right sound. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you didn't. No. So 
I probably Howard made Dean up a screen. little song about it, though. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're just going to uh, kind of throw out some questions, kind of gauge your your baseball uh, acumen, as it were. Uh, I might throw in some questions that aren't on here, sort of like a surprise sneak attack. Uh, and Matt will chime in as well. So we're going to just kind of keep it real simple right off the bat. Can you tell me, mm. can you tell the listeners yeah. what a double play is? A double play is when you get two runners out off a single hit? Yeah. 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 Okay. Go. Yay me. I got one. Okay. This one is going to go back and sort of reference the episode of our show that Matt was on. Do you know what the bullpen is? It's where pitchers warm up. Mm, Which pitchers? Nope. I stand corrected. Don't answer that question. They all technically do warm up there. I was going to say it's usually relief pitchers. I think by Jeopardy rules, that one counts. Yeah, I'll allow it. What uh, is... The right <laughs> answer. Uh, let's see here. Matt, do you have the list in front of you? Yeah. Yeah, why I'm don't gonna, you pick one? Uh, uh, this one, I actually, these, this is a pair of them, I think, that I don't necessarily know the answer to. Ooh. Um, maybe one of them I do. Uh, how many feet are there between each base? I think I know this one. Ah, I know there's 60 feet between the mound and home plate, right? 60 feet, six inches. Yeah. Okay, the six inches is yeah. super important to you guys, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was the next question. <laughs> How important are our penises to us? <laughs> so very. Um, so wait, no, so between the bases yep. is what, 45? I don't know. Close, sort of, double that. 90. And then subtract six inches. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, so in the past, it has been, it's 90 feet between the bases, but because of the added dimensions of the bases this year, I think they lose like six inches between each base. Oh. They made the bases bigger? Yeah, they made God, the bases bigger. Fucking dudes making shit bigger. Okay, fine. Well, there, 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 there's a functional reason for it. <laughs> They're more fun. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> They're better. <laughs> Bigger is better. That's um, not true. I know. Um, tune into Cheap Smut for more uh, yes. penis jokes. Um, <laughs> so many penis jokes on that show. So you had, as you said, you had a pair of them. What's the other one you had? That was it, the distance to the pitcher's mound. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, what is a check swing? It's when you start to swing but stop. Yeah. All right. right. Yeah. Yay. You're all right. All right. Here's one. We're going to amp it up just a little bit. What is a perfect game? Oh, God. That's a pitching thing. Yes. Um. Oh, you've said this to me before. It's what, like 18 up, 18 down or something like that. However many. Yep. No. Yep. No pitches hit or walks or errors. Uh, no not, hits, walks, errors. Is no, that it? No base runners allowed. Okay. <clears throat> 27 up. Yeah, the math was a little fucking, off. Yeah, I don't the, math. The, the, no, that's okay. The concept was The math there. doesn't yeah. math no, in I, my brain. I, I would give you that. I would give you that because you you had the spirit of it. You would just assume that it was a, a Little League game and it was six innings or something. Uh, here we go. This is more of a fun one. This isn't really baseball. Okay. There are eight Major League Baseball teams named after animals. Can, can you name five of them? Ooh, okay. Um, well, uh, the Orioles. <laughs> Which I only know because you mentioned it the other day, and I was like, I forgot that Orioles are birds. I completely forgot that an Oriole is a kind of bird. It's the funniest fucking thing she said in a long time, and she's funny. Okay, right, um, so, got... so then there's the Tigers, yep. the Blue Jays, yep. the Cardinals, yep. and... and this is why I said five. 
<laughs> we ran out of birds. We did run out of birds. That's why I said animals, because I knew. <laughs> oh, God. Um, diamondbacks. Hey, there you go. That's a snake. Yeah, Yay. The other... My yeah. hint was going to be, now that we're done with birds, let's move on to fish. <laughs> there you go. You, you could have also gone with the Rays in Tampa, or you could have gone with the Chicago Cubs, or the uh, Miami Marlins. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt, why don't you take a couple here? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I forgot that the Marlins were a baseball team. <laughs> I thought they were a football team. <laughs> That's the Dolphins. Because it's the Dolphins. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Why do they have so many fish teams down there? Because there's so many Miami. fucking fish down there, yeah. I guess. Um, this is an interesting one. Can you explain the infield fly rule? No. Next question. <laughs> no. Okay. So Carl has tried to explain the infield fly rule to me many, many times. And I cannot for the life of me fathom how you can have both an infield fly. Like if it's a fly ball, doesn't it leave the park? No. Oh. <laughs> what does fly mean? It's in the air. Okay, so it, they're all but in it the hasn't fucking gone air. That far. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Matt, can you explain the infield fly rule? Essentially, uh, it's it's to eliminate a problem that would happen if you had runners on with less than two outs and a ball is popped up. The infielder could just drop that ball and throw it to the base, get a double play. So this infield fly rule is basically saying, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> You're not allowed to do that. So, so it's wait, just you mean out. it's not allowed to hit the ground? They're not allowed to drop it. Yeah, yeah they're not allowed purpose. to drop it. So the, the umpires will just say, hey, infield fly, it's just out. The batter is automatically out. out. Yep. So, but the the conditions are there have to be runners on at least first and second and less than two outs. So if there's a runner on first and third and one out, that's not an infield fly. If there's runners on second and third and one out or no outs, and it's popped up in the infield, it's not an infield fly. But if there are runners on first and second and nobody out and it's popped up to like the third baseman, the umpire will immediately signal that their batter is out and the runners may advance at their own peril. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I won't remember it again, but that, thanks for explaining it that's again. That's fine. That's fine. Uh can you tell us mm. the last the, the year in which the Detroit Tigers last won the World Series? <laughs> Don't laugh. That that hurts. No, no, no. It's because years <laughs> are not a thing I remember well anyway. No, it um, was before you were born. Before I was born? Yep. How far before I was born? Not very. 1984. Nailed hey. it. Yay! Good job, me, for guessing. My hint was going to be there's a cool uh, Michigan punk band with the name 84 Tigers. That would have been a good hint. I don't know. I don't know if you know them, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm, good, friends, I'm good friends with. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say I was good friends with. I'm friends with Jono, so of course. Um, let's, let's stay in the Tigers. Uh, let's let's do a couple more. I have a couple more Tigers uh, related questions. Can you name one of the Detroit Tigers minor league affiliate clubs? There are the Mudhens. Yes, I've been to a Mudhens game. I, I remember just, that. I've been nice. to a couple. There you go. You could have also said the Erie Sea Wolves. Uh, you could have also said the West Michigan Whitecaps or the Lakeland Tigers. Cool. Sea Wolves is a cool name. It is. Uh, can you name three current Detroit Tigers? Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Are the Spencers Tigers? There are two Spencers. Yeah. So Spencer Torkelson. Yeah. And Spencer. Oh, also with a T. <laughs> I was going to say Spencer Reed, but that's a Criminal Minds character. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, that's right. There's because there's two spinny T's, yep, which uh, I think is hilarious. But the other one, his nickname is Red Bull, which is part of his last name. Turnbull. Spencer Turnbull. There you go. Oh, yay. I would have also accepted uh, any of the other 23 <laughs> uh, guys currently on the roster. 
Um, <laughs> but you got the Spencers, and that's what's important. Uh, exactly. It is. It's very important. Uh, can you name three stadiums other than Comerica Park? Ooh, Dodger Stadium, Wrigley Field, and Fenway Park. There you go. Uh, all ballparks that I've been to. Uh, let's see here. I got a cu- I-, I got a couple more because we wanted to do- we wanted to do some extended Tigers talk today, right? Yeah, we did. <laughs> Just nod. We're having some. <laughs> I. <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't end up on the record, but we're currently having some technical issues and and Matt sounds uh, like Skynet has infected his uh, network. I don't know what button you just pushed on your like little pad of funny sounds, but it sounded like a monster. (laughs) It was supposed to be a tiger. Oh, you're back! He sounds great again. Hey. There we go. It was the tiger that you scared it away. That's why it sounded like a monster Uh, then. uh, So you wanted to do some extended tigers talk today, yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's. I'm gonna blow through a couple more easy or easy-ish ones here. Can you name mm. the all-time career home run leader in Major League Baseball? So the player who's hit most home runs in his career. No, <laughs> his name has already come up once in this episode, but you probably missed it. Oh God, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I know the answer to this. Yeah, it's oh, the and, San and, Francisco Giants. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> wait, this is going to be a reference for a certain segment of the of the listeners, uh, the listener community. It's John Dowd. If you don't, if there if if, if, you, if you don't know who that is, Google Barry Bonds, John Dowd. It is Barry Bonds. Um, can you name the only Major League Baseball player to have his re- number retired across all of baseball? Oh, um, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, there you go. And let's see here. I got I got I got two more that I want to ask, and then we'll and then we can wrap this up here. Can you name the yearly award given to the best pitcher in each league? It, it, it has the same name in both leagues, but it's it's named after a former player. Can you name that name the award? Oh yeah, that's the um, Cy Young. Hey, Yay! great job! And then lastly, I want to I want to I want to end on a tricky one. Can you explain? how a pitcher can strike out four batters in one inning? He makes a wish. (laughs) (laughs) Please. please That's the right answer. That's the right answer. That's why why we're laughing. We can't believe that you got it right. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I think you've even explained this to me before. but I I, I just explained it the other day. (laughs) You did. Uh, For those of you who are listening who might not know... um, a batter can reach first base on a dropped third strike because in a strikeout, the catcher is the one who's getting the put out. And so if you don't complete the put out and he drops it or it gets away from him, the runner can go, oh, shit, and take off. And if he gets there before the catcher goes, oh, shit, and picks up the ball and throws it to the first baseman or whomever, I guess, is covering first, um, the, the, the batter can uh, reach safely. So uh, former Detroit Tigers, Kenny, uh, pitcher Kenny Rogers did it once with the, with the Rangers. Kenny Rogers Roasters? No, yeah, the same guy, the country yeah, singer guy. slash restaurant entrepreneur was also a you professional baseball player. To hold him. Um, so can I ask a so, yeah. technical so question that about happens. that? When that happens, they record it as a strikeout and an error if the base runner gets on or how does that get recorded? I do believe it is an it's a strikeout and an error. Hmm. If, if I if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah. So great. You on. And I, I mean, no shade or disrespect. You did a lot better than I thought you were going to do. Honestly, I'm sure you're not I a baseball fan. I was going to do worse fan. than that, too. Yeah. And I mean, there are there. Yeah. See, you know more about baseball than you you thought. Uh, one more. And this is because I, I wouldn't stop talking about it. Can you name the country that won this year's World Baseball Classic? Mexico? 
Uh, Japan. Yes, there you go. Because I wouldn't shut up about how I predicted that. Oh, that's right. I remember <laughs> that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So well done. That was that was fan fantastic. Um, but we're going to shift gears here. But do feel free to chime in. I don't know if you'll have any uh, uh, input on the current state of the Detroit Tigers, but we're going to move on to some Tigers talk. Uh, I suppose the only thing I can say is, hey, Tigers, stop making my husband sad. <laughs> oh, I agree. Yeah, they haven't been making me that sad these days. Less sad than years previous. Um, so this is a segment we like to do on the show every once in a while that uh, occasionally gets cut, usually gets cut, because we like to talk about our favorite team and sometimes go a little overboard talking about them. So if if you've heard the podcast before, maybe you've only listened to the bonus episodes, but, but this week we're going to talk a little bit extra about our favorite team, the Detroit Tigers, who have been probably the league's biggest surprise, maybe? I'm surprised, at least. Uh, currently floating around the 500 mark, a couple games back from first place behind the Minnesota Twins, and uh, playing solid baseball. And, Carl, wait, you had a couple framing devices in mind for our Tiger talk this week. Uh, we want to talk about who might be our Tigers All-Stars this year, and not just the normal, well, every team's got to send one, so who could it be? Uh, but legitimate, we have real All-Stars on the team. And uh, we're also going to talk a little about what the Tigers might do at the trade deadline. So I guess let's start with the All-Star conversation. Who's the All-Star? <laughs> Last two years has been subpar relief pitcher Gregory Soto. We don't have him anymore. Thank God. <laughs> You know, the easy answer uh, to this question would be Eduardo Rodriguez. He's having an amazing season. He is in the conversation for the Cy Young Award, legitimately, uh, legitimately so. Um, and, and so that could be a no-brainer. But like you and I were saying, you could reasonably hear, potentially, if uh, if what Riley Green keeps playing very well, um, although he did get pulled from tonight's game uh, with an apparent injury, it actually it looked like something that I think happened to me once before. And I was trying to do the fundamentals and try and catch a fly ball with two hands and the ball hit me like on the tip of my pinky. Busted Ouch. that bad boy. Yeah, it wasn't great. It happened last year. Um, oh, yeah, I remember the. Yeah, busted my pinky there. Um, you could you could reasonably say that Riley Green, if he keeps playing the way he's been playing, he's second in I want to say all of baseball with a home batting average, at least in the in the American League. Um, Zach McKinstry has been a total surprise, and if he keeps you know if he in the next four weeks or so we're able to you know keep this streak up and keep drawing walks and keep getting on base and having a great OPS. He could be a legitimate uh, pick, but I, I would say there are at least three players that could legitimately be considered uh, an all-star for the Tigers. So like if, if, if this uh, Eduardo Rodriguez just went on the 15 day injured list uh, today, uh, if that injury slows him down a little bit and he's not the pick, it could be Riley Green. And if, if Riley Green is hurt, it could be Zach McKinstry. It, it's just, it's exciting to know that there are at least three legitimate arguments, not always the strongest arguments, but at least three legitimate arguments for a potential Detroit Tigers all-star this year. And that to me is he, a huge change from the last couple of seasons. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to throw in Alex Lang as well. Oh yes. Thank you. A dynamite reliever. Uh, uh, AJ Hinch doesn't like to use the word closer, but uh, Lang has been about as closery as a, as a relief pitcher can be, has been pretty dynamite. Um, great numbers. I don't have them up in front of me, but I know they're great. Uh, rarely lets in a run. Strikes out like crazy. Doesn't walk a lot. He's everything you'd want in a relief pitcher and uh, has been a, a team guy for a while now. Um even Spencer Torkelson, who who kind of started the year a little slow, has been kind of coming into his own 
in the last month. But yeah, McKinstry has been the biggest surprise of the whole team. Uh, as well as Zach Short. I, I, I want to plug our boy Zach Short. Yeah, absolutely. At one time, when they would announce, hey, we're calling up Zach Short, I'd be like, oh, shit, here we go. Uh, he has been a real surprise this season. Uh, he can hit. His defense has been great. Uh, started, uh, or didn't start, but played a game in, in center field today. Uh, actually kind of played all over the field today. So um, he's he's been a fantastic utility player, and that's something that the Tigers uh, need a lot of because the way they've been playing lately, and I chalk this up a lot to Hinch's sort of uh, management style, is that some guys might start a game, but you don't count on those guys to be there the whole game. And that's a very weird baseball strategy that doesn't usually work. But for some reason, it has worked very well for the Tigers. And I had found this uh, from an Atlantic article, Atlantic, Athletic, <laughs> from an Athletic article. <laughs> uh, this year, the Tigers are using pinch hitters 72% more often than the league average. They entered Thursday leading the league with 59 pinch hit plate appearances. They've already blown way past that since the weekend. Uh, Tigers pinch hitters were batting 231 above the league average for pinch hitters, which is 217. They're getting on base. They're coming in with big leverage situations, and he's really finding these lefty-righty matchups that work for a team that's got a lot of lefties on it. Um, you've got guys like Short, McKinstry, Maton, maybe not so much, but uh, guys that can play a lot of different positions and are pretty good at every one of those positions, McKinstry especially, who can play infield and outfield in pretty much any any situation and that's sort of as somebody that plays a lot of MLB the show that's the dream to have on a real team because you're like oh I'll just put so-and-so over here fuck it who cares you know <laughs> the fact that there's a major league uh oh, manager yeah. doing that right now is great and it works yeah exactly shout out to Nico Goodrum uh last year his 42 series card this year his tops now flashback card uh just such a the only position he cannot play is is catcher uh so yeah i love i love those cards uh even though i have sworn off the show entirely for this year but that's another episode um entirely but yeah no it's 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 been great to see and it's also i i think it's the same athletic article where they talked about how like it's been keeping everybody on their toes and it's also sort of helped foster what is apparently an excellent clubhouse dynamic because it could be, you know, yeah, you might get pulled for somebody else with better lefty-righty splits or the the numbers are just better, but that just means that, you know, your time could get, you know, you could get, you know, the call and go out there and pinch hit, so you always have to be ready. You know, Akil Badu got uh, pinch hit for the other day by Zach Short, and what did he do? He hit a three-run bomb, and who was at the top of the steps to greet him? Akil Badu. Like, exactly. they just they just want to win. Yeah, I also read that same game. Short, I guess, was in the the tunnel uh, with the with the batting cages whatever you call the the area underneath everything where they can they can practice hitting he was in there starting in like the second inning because he was like oh i'll probably get put in the game later i should get a couple swings in you know like a kind of in the middle of the game having batting practice ready to go out there and hit that's awesome um you gotta love it and so yeah i guess the, that other question of like are they buyers are they sellers are they contenders or are they just playing solid uh that's the question that plagues my mind every day because in my head, I love the I love to believe that we're contenders 
it's a it's a long season and there are so many other better teams but at the same time the Tigers have floated pretty close to the Twins and only have I think we're only two games back right now I guess it kind of depends on how the Twins do tonight but uh it's kind of hard to ignore when your team is like that close to first place you're like I know it's not a great record but first place is first place first place is a playoff berth I don't know exactly no I you're absolutely right and somebody pointed out today on in one of the various baseball subreddits I follow that the the last place team in the American League East would be with the same record the first place team in the American League Central the Toronto Blue Jays are 28 and 26 or were at the start of play today the Minnesota Twins at the start of play today were 28 and 26 I, I don't like playing that game the the whole like well we'd be in first if we were in this division is just as annoying to me as when people try to uh judge uh like Dan Marino's not a great quarterback because he never won a Super Bowl no the Miami Dolphins never won a Super Bowl the entire team wins the Super Bowl it's not a individual sport both of those things are just right. as dumb to me um and I completely lost my train of thought. Well, it's just it's just to say that situationally, um, like the what Blue were we Jays, talking about? Literally, I can. Uh, the Blue Jays might have a similar record. To oh, the thank Twins, you. That's what it was. But like that doesn't mean that they've played the same kind of games, the same kind of competition, the same divisional matchups, you know. And uh, there's no transitive property of baseball either. It's like the the Rays came to town and got their ass kicked by the Yankees and the Blue Jays, and yet they're still first in the division, right? And they've beat a lot of other teams to get there. Yeah, exactly. I think if the Tigers, have fun editing around this all, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the Tigers, if they are within like three, maybe four games at the end of July, I think they're going to, they're not necessarily going to, they're not, they're not going to buy, but I don't think they're going to sell. I think they're going to stand pat. I really think that Scott, uh, Scott Harris is going to, you know, try to see what they have. I've said this before on the show. They want to see what they've got in these young guys. They want to see what they've got in Maton, Veerling, uh, McKinstry. They want to figure out what they've got here. We we know Miguel Cabrera is not coming back. It's a fait accompli that Jonathan Scope is not coming back. I don't see a situation in which he comes back. Maybe you trade him off for a bag of balls and hope something pans out on that. Um, we still don't know about, uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez and Javier Baez. They both have opt outs. You know, a lot of people think they're automatic that Erod's automatically going to opt out because he's having a great season and he, he doesn't want to play with the Tigers anymore. So he's going to go opt out and get more money. We don't know that because we aren't him. We're not in his head. I'm sure he's having conversations. His agents having conversations with the Tigers. They, he, they might've said, Hey man, we are going to test the test the waters, so you might want to get something. And if they're professionals, which I assume they are, that is a conversation that's probably happening. But also the Tigers took care of him last year and said, hey, man, you have these marital issues. You have these family problems. Go get your shit right. We'll welcome you back. That's got to count for something with him. Um, so all of that is to say if they're close and they think that there's a deal on the table that they can make work for them to make them better, I think they'll make that deal. But I do not think that you're going to see a fire sale uh, unless the, unless they completely shit the bed in the next four weeks and are like somehow all of a sudden nine or ten games out of first place. I also wonder, are they the kind of team that has people that that other teams want like uh, what do we have to offer erod obviously would be the biggest grab but like other than that like what's to sell like everybody i also have this this uh pet peeve about what i call the avila mindset for those listeners that aren't tigers fans uh al avila was the former gm that just got fired uh from the tigers last year and he 
very much felt like a guy that liked to make trades just for the sake of making them, not necessarily uh, trades that benefited the team in any particular way. It was just sort of like, oh, this guy's good. Let's get rid of him. You know, um, looking particularly at the big Justin Verlander trade that sent one of our most legendary pitchers uh, to a team that definitely used him well and, and won a World Series with him for uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> I think the only player we still have in the organization all these years later is Jake Rogers, who's like, fine, but he's not Justin Verlander. Um, and so I see that mindset a lot on Tiger's internet where it's like, oh, Alex Lang is playing so good. We should trade him. No, he's a Tiger. Let him play for the Tigers. Why do we want to trade all of our best players just because yeah. you think you might get what? A, a, a prospect that might turn out good in six years? That sucks. I like the player that's playing good now. Let's keep him on the team. Um, yeah. So I yell at people a lot like that. Like, you got the Avila mindset, Al Avila. I see you. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, if the Tigers are going to make a trade, my concern is that Alex Lang is going to draw uh, a, a combination of enough attention and the right deal. But that said, I trust even in just, what, God, nine months since he got hired, nine months, like last September, October, I, I trust Scott Harris more in nine months than I trusted Alavila in seven years. I, I don't think that he's going to make the wrong deal. Yeah, I agree. I also think that there's a better culture nowadays in, in this particular year that like guys that are on the team want to be on the team, want to play for this team. And that's important. I, th I think that's what made the Lions so good this year is that like it was it, they got rid of this mindset of like, we're the Lions, we suck. And they found guys that wanted to play and wanted to win. And uh, I think the Tigers kind of have a similar group this year. Um, World Series contenders? I don't know. Probably not. Um, not when you've got teams like the Rangers and the Rays uh, who have kicked our ass that are probably going to go to the go to the dance as well. But hey, if we make it to the playoffs, I consider that uh, 10 times better than I anticipated from this year. I anticipated a 500 record <laughs> and maybe third. We're at around 500 and second. It helps that the rest of the division's also shitting the bed and uh, a couple of them worse than the Tigers are that you couldn't have predicted. But uh you love to see it. I don't know. People still think the White Sox are going to figure it out. It's like, did you not just see that series they played against the Tigers? They're not figuring out shit. No. The Tigers played so and I I'm not even I, the Tigers lost again tonight to the to the Rangers 10 to 6. I don't the, the Rangers are one of the best teams in baseball right now. I don't I don't begrudge them that. I'm glad the Tigers scored 6 runs against them tonight, but I was very impressed with that series against the White Sox this uh this past weekend. Amazing stat after the Spencer Torkelson walk uh, in, I think, the third inning, the Tigers had 63 walks since May 21st. The next closest team in that stretch was the Chicago Cubs with 36 walks. Oh, they have, shit. They have been exercising the that, that control-the-strike zone mentality. So that's a pro. But again, because right now the Tigers are still in that sort of frustrating stage, it hasn't really equated. So I heard a stat over the weekend. In April, their walk rate was 8% and their strikeout rate was 26%. In May, the walk rate went up to 10 and the strikeout rate went down to 20 and they scored one, they averaged one whole run per game more in the month of May. You can't really say that those two <laughs> things shake out. But so I, I'm just saying you can't say that the you know, causation and correlation, but great. You got on base. You walked 63 times. What the fuck did you do with it? We still have no pop anywhere in the lineup we still have one of the worst ops's one of the lowest obps in in the league 
it's it's just frustrating to be like okay great it's awesome if you can walk everybody around and just keep drawing walks but you have to do something with those base runners once they get on so yeah they're so close they're figuring stuff out but then then that happens and you're like fuck yeah it's it's frustrating but promising and i also feel like there's still a world for small ball like i'll take a team that's willing to squeeze out a handful of singles to drive in runs or draw a walk uh over you know a team like the padres that i do feel like are kind of in a similar boat where they get a lot of guys on base but don't know how to bring them in and i think a big part of that is guys that are trying to hit a home run and, and get a grand slam or an extra base hit and do a little more than necessary. Uh, I hear that a lot with the Tigers announcers like, oh, he didn't do any more than he needed to. He just hit a nice little ball, got a guy in. And I think that's important too. Uh, either way, the only number that truly matters is the one in the win column. And uh, I say that a lot too. It's like, yeah, maybe playing small ball might not be, you know, doing great with runners in scoring position, but I don't really care because we're winning. <laughs> Exactly. And this podcast is winning. And I, I think that that was an excellent episode. I think that's a great place to leave it to you. I mean, do you, I, I, I don't mean to call, uh, was call a, the episode, but uh, between the fact that we- That was a perfect segue to, to get us out of the episode. And I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. And and I, I appreciate all your, your, your efforts uh, to, to bring this podcast to life. As always, I always like to make sure that everybody knows that you do the heavy lifting and the yeoman's work on this podcast. Uh, I do that for our podcast. Hey, hey, cheap smut. Yeah, that's right. Cheap smut. Go check it out on all the other podcasting platforms. Uh, add it to the rotation along with put me in coach. You guys have socials for cheap smut as well. That you want to plug? Yes, we do. We are on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, both of them are at cheap smut. You kind of dominate the, uh, the TikTok game and I uh, stick to the Instagram game because I'm still uh, deathly afraid of TikTok. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm only on TikTok as cheap smut and as much as I make about one video a week. But uh, I am there. Send me a message. Make me a video. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever they do on TikTok. Um, well, hell yeah. Uh, you, of course, can find our show on social media and uh, our website and whatnot. You'll hear all those plugs in the post script that I'll edit in later. Um, but we want to thank everybody for listening and uh, continuing to listen. Please make sure you rate review uh leave us a message uh, if you're listening on spotify there's a cool little q a uh tell us you know maybe some obscure baseball trivia you want to ask your wife i've got plenty i always ask mine and she's annoyed <laughs> by it <laughs> but uh <laughs> katie thank you so much for joining us and being our very first guest ever hopefully I the first of many had a blast I'm sorry, this delay is fucking with me. I had a blast. This was a lot of fun. I know more baseball than I thought I knew, which is just great. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. If you, uh, listener out there, uh, have a person in your life who really likes uh, smut novels, send them over to Cheap Smut because that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for cross promotion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week. Put Me In Coach is an Arctic Sounds original podcast hosted by Matt Coggins and Carl Mizell. Theme music is by Quack Quack Seatback, edited and produced by Matt Coggins. Check out the footnotes of this episode to see links to all the great highlights, articles, and sources we mentioned on the podcast today, as well as the full theme song and ways to get in touch with us. For more, find us on Twitter and Instagram at PutMeInPod or at our website, PutMeInCoachPod.com.